Welcome to the Physiatry Podcast. This is where we talk about all aspects of physical medicine, rehabilitation, pain management, traumatic brain injury, and sports medicine, all in one. We focus on the latest unbiased data and talk to the experts in the field. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramchandani. Today is podcast number three. This is a special edition podcast. I'm going to do these podcasts every once in a while, and we're going to talk about something off topic. Before we get into this too much, I wanted to talk about our podcast and how I'm going to be doing weekly chats, and also I will be doing these special edition chats uh, once a month that is inclusive of the weekly chat. So we'll be talking about once every week, every Tuesday, we should have a release, and the podcast should be about 15 to 20 minutes long. There may be some exceptions to this. We may also have some guests, but today's topic is going to be about healthcare costs in the United States. As many of you know, healthcare in the United States is much more expensive than in other countries. United States healthcare budget was $3.5 trillion in 2018. Per person, that cost is over $10,000. In Switzerland, which is the number one healthcare in the European Union, the total cost is $7,300 per person. This is absolutely ridiculous. And the reason why it's mostly ridiculous is because our healthcare system is terrible compared to Switzerland. Now, let's compare to English speaking countries like the United Kingdom and Canada to the United States, which both rank better than the United States as far as healthcare. Now, United Kingdom spends about $4,070 per year per person on healthcare, and Canada spends about $4,900 on healthcare per year per person. The sad part is that Canada and the United Kingdom both live about three or four years longer than we do on average. The United Kingdom lives, uh, the average person in the United Kingdom, if they were born today, lives 81.3 years, and Canada lives about 82 years. The United States, we live about 78.6 years. In 2016, the United States also spent the most amount on drugs compared to any similar country. The United States spent about $1,200 per person on drugs every year. If we look at Sweden and France and Ireland and Germany, which have similar cost of living and things like that, um, they are all about $500 less than the United States or more. I really don't know why this is the case, but when I went to India recently and I broke a filling, I had an extremely interesting experience where I went to the dentist and he charged me a total of $12 to get my filling replaced. He did not do an x-ray, a full exam. He just went in, looked, and saw that I had a filling that was chipped and said, well, I will just put in a new filling in that spot. So he did that in 15 minutes, and I was out of the dentist's office. In a similar experience here in the United States, I had to make an appointment to go get my filling uh, replaced or get a new filling for a chipped tooth. And I had an x-ray. I had extra dental exam cost. I had all this stuff and the total cost for that exam was $1,500. Recently I had a chipped tooth when I went to India and I went to a dentist that actually saw celebrities and over here I went to a dentist that was a regular dentist in a regular neighborhood and the difference was vast. I went to the dentist here and I had x-rays, a whole scanogram, all sorts of stuff, and he said, oh, you have six teeth that need to be filled, and blah, 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 and it took me about three weeks to get my tooth filled, 
and this involved about four appointments and x-rays, dental cleaning, blah, 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 blah. Over there, I went in at 10 o'clock in the morning. I was out by 10.30, and guess what? My tooth was filled. I did not have an extra exam or x-rays or anything. Now, why did this take so much longer here in the United States when it took such a little amount of time in India? I think the main reason is that the people here in the United States are, one, they are looking for how to make money. Well, the guys in India are too, but he was very busy, the guy in India. I mean, he had five people in the waiting room. This guy here didn't have anybody. I understand that. Now, the other thing that I think happened here in the United States is that the guy was trying to not get sued. So say this was actually something that went deeper inside or something like that, and the tooth was damaged somehow. Okay, I wasn't complaining of any pain. I didn't have any problems with it. So guess what? It was just the outside of the tooth that was damaged. But he wanted to cover his tracks. So he did an x-ray. He did a full exam. He looked at the other teeth and said, oh, all these teeth need to be filled, blah, 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 blah. He's trying to make money. He's also trying to make sure that hey, guess what, you don't have anything wrong when I knew I didn't have anything wrong and I was telling him the truth. But essentially what this dentist here was doing in the United States is that he was covering so that he does not get sued or does not get any sort of uh, medical board issue. This in itself is a problem because guess what, every time that I have to do something for a patient, I have to make sure that I am covering my tracks, I get an MRI for everybody that needs an injection because I want to make sure that he doesn't have a tumor, blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you one thing though, Sometimes I think that we definitely over-order stuff and overdo things here in the United States in order to cover ourselves because guess what? We always have that threat to be sued or to get uh, reported to the medical board. These things are only part of why our cost of healthcare here in the United States is much higher. Now, there's other things as well that, uh, that do cause problems. As I mentioned, there is the problem with the drug prices. Now, when I look at drug prices in the United States, we have very, very expensive drug prices. And why is this? I don't know. I look at how much I paid for a strip of ibuprofen in India. I had a headache. I need some ibuprofen. Went to the pharmacy. Said, hey, I need some ibuprofen. They went and found it, and it cost me 11 rupees. That is about 14 cents. The same amount of ibuprofen here in the United States. Now, would cost about eh, $5. Now, th that's not a big deal for most people, $5, but 14 cents versus $5, that is a huge difference. I am sure the cost here in the United States for that ibuprofen is about 14 cents. Now, they increased the price to $5 because they have to packet it, they have to market it, they have to put it in a store, they have to do all this stuff. In India, it was pretty simple. I went to the simple little pharmacy and they just had it over the counter. And one of the interesting things is that the price was actually set and imprinted on the actual strip of medicine rather than being printed by the pharmacy and given to me by the pharmacy. So what's interesting is the price was preset before it even came to the pharmacy rather than the pharmacy trying to put the price on these medicines. If you ever have had the experience of picking up a medicine from a pharmacy and going to two different or three different pharmacies in order to pick up the uh, prescription, it's very interesting to see the difference between the different pharmacies. So if you go to Costco, for example, I was trying to get a medicine from Costco and it cost me $25. I went to CVS to pick up the same medicine that cost me $105. That's absolutely ridiculous. Why is one pharmacy so much more than the other? And why is one pharmacy being covered by the insurance differently than the other pharmacy? 
Another big issue I have is with something like a Voltaren gel, which is a diclofenac gel, and this is a topical pain medicine. Now, in most countries outside the United States, you can get it over the counter. Here in the United States, you have to go to the pharmacy and get it. You have to actually get a prescription from your physician. The cost of Voltaren gel here in the United States is about $100 per vial or per uh, tube. In other countries, including Canada, which is right across the border, you can get this for about $10 to $15. And it's just absolutely incredible that this is a topical pain medicine, which to me makes a big difference to a lot of my patients. And I have to prescribe this for a lot of patients here in the United States, when if they go to another country, they can get it right over the counter. And it is absolutely fantastic and works quite well. Now, there are some risks to getting diclofenac gel. Yes, there are some there is some evidence that it can cause liver issues, can cause uh, kidney issues, but at the same time, so can ibuprofen, so can Aleve, so can some of the, many of the other things that are over the counter. So I don't see the reason why we have this behind the counter and we should just have it over the counter. It's ridiculous. Do I have an answer how to fix this? No, absolutely not. I'm not saying that I do. And the answer is not so simple as far as making Voltaren free or over the counter or making ibuprofen costs lower or even changing the tort laws and not allowing for malpractice cases to get out of hand. I understand that. But there has to be a better solution than what we're doing right now. The cost of healthcare are absolutely ridiculous. And I feel bad for every single one of the patients that has to pay so much out of their pocket for healthcare. And when I look at the different places throughout the world and how much they pay for healthcare, it's pretty ridiculous. One thing I do have to say, though, is that some of the healthcare stuff that we have available here in the United States compared to other countries is excellent. And sometimes I think even far beyond what they have in other countries. But there are things that are limited because of the way we are regulated and the ways we have been limited by malpractice and other issues. And drug prices has just been another complete different issue that's been ridiculous here in the United States. Now I know lobbies and other people are probably gonna get angry at me for saying all this, but at the same time, I just wanna point out the facts and tell you that this is really ridiculous. Now pharmaceutical companies do say that they need a lot of money in order to bankroll the development of medical advances and restricting prices would harm innovation. But one of the thoughts I had is that say we limited the amount of uh, money that we were giving to the pharmaceutical companies and instead the NIH took some of this money and actually developed some of the drugs for the pharmaceutical companies, which the NIH does a lot of research and other things. But say they were able to take some of the money that we went into the pharmaceutical companies and instead of using it there, we would use it as a government fund and the government would actually fund some of the pharmaceutical research. I know the government doesn't spend their money well. We have a $22 trillion debt and I'm not getting into politics, but that's the truth. But say the NIH did have some more money to spend on different projects and different things, I think they would probably do a better job than the pharmaceutical companies on taking money for their CEOs and uh, their other high C-suite employees. I just want to talk briefly about physician salaries, and this is another thing that many people are misconstrued about. Now, in the United States, we spend more money on physician salaries than any other country that is that has a uh, gross domestic product that's similar. Now, one of the thought processes here is that we spend 20% of our salaries, uh, of our national health spending on physician salaries. 
One of the things to think about here, though, is that half of that money goes into malpractice premiums, but not including the amortization of college and medical school debt. Now, when we look at this compared to other countries, medical education is free in most other countries. And when we compare that, well, guess what? We aren't paying physicians nearly as much as some of the other countries if we take that into account. Medical school debt can be upwards of $300,000. And for a pediatrician, that would take them three years of not doing anything else other than working to pay that off. That's fine if medicine was easy to do. On the other hand, it isn't. And physician burnout has become more and more prevalent and actually become an ICD-10 code. This is a problem because we don't have enough physicians in this country anyway, and now we're losing physicians to not wanting to do the job. The biggest reason for physician burnout today is, as stated in Medscape from today, I just got an email about this today, too many bureaucratic tasks. 55% of physicians report that this is a problem and this causes burnout. The second thing is spending too many hours at work. Guess what contributes to that? Too many bureaucratic tasks. All right, so while we're talking about too much administrative burden, let's talk about how much healthcare CEOs make, which are $1.1 billion. This includes pharmaceuticals, health, uh, hospital-based health groups, all sorts of things. Okay, fine, $1.1 billion. Now, keep that in mind. The estimated cost of prior authorizations on our system. Now, this is talking about getting prior authorizations for procedures, getting prior authorizations for doing medications, doing other things. Guess what? How much it cost? It costs 23 to 31 billion dollars every year just getting prior authorizations for people. That is horrible. And this is contributing to our current burnout in the United States for physicians. Could you imagine if we got rid of this practice? That would be incredible. So thank you for listening to the Physiatry Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about physical medicine, rehabilitation, pain management, traumatic brain injury, and sports medicine all in one. If you have any questions, please send me an email at info at painlessnx.com. Again, info at painlessnx.com. I hope that you've enjoyed our podcast today. I hope you send me an email or a comment or two. If you send me an email or a comment, I will address that in the podcast and quote you. Yes, I will quote you. We'll have some fun with that. Thank you. And I hope to see you next time. Again, this is Dr. Avinash Ramchandani signing off.